Let's get into another episode of Movie Mastery. It is the podcast where you are deciding what we go to watch, and then we let you know how terrible it was. I am your host, John, over here, also a host, Jeff. Not your host, just a host. <laughs> I'm just a host? Is that a demotion? I don't... I yes. Do. You will soon be B-host. <laughs> you are my B-list host. Oh, okay. So at some point I was I was a name host. And then I just went to a letter host. Yeah. Okay. I I was trying to figure out what the hierarchy or the scale was in this situation. I'm yeah, glad you're, I'm- you're getting paid for scale. <laughs> I'm getting paid? <laughs> oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> this is some demotion. And uh, this is our in theaters now. And we have a super special surprise guest with us. Everyone, please welcome James D'Amato. Oh, hey, it was me. It was me all along. Yes, and now it's time for you to suffer. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I'm really happy that you guys brought me in as as a My Little Pony expert. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we needed one. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen the new My Little Pony like in, in motion. It's okay. I am intimately familiar with the Friendship is Magic universe for My Little Pony, and I can explain a lot. I imagine there's some confusion. There's, there's questions. Don't, I have, don't there's worry. There's questions, please. That's what they call them. <laughs> Every <laughs> pony has questions. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. We saw We saw My Little Pony. Uh, I don't, is it actually Friendship is Magic the name of the movie, or is it just My Little Pony the movie? My Little Pony Friendship is Magic is the name of the series. So um, I think it might just be My Little Pony the movie. Yeah. The, uh, I don't think they went with the full the get, motion picture. We're about to get rid of That's only for Transformers. <laughs> but uh, we did go see that. That is what won our poll this month, because you hate us. And uh, don't want me specifically to be happy by sending me to go see a horror film during October. I mean, they could have sent you guys to Blade Runner, so. Yeah. I yeah. Eh, I think both of us are kind of, I, this is going to be hurtful, and it may end, <laughs> end your guest level, uh, your status on the podcast immediately, but both of us are very mad in the original Blade Runner. I've I've never been able to sit through the the full Blade Runner movie I, without I've falling asleep. Never been able, well, but, but, okay, hold on. That's Falling asleep is fine. <laughs> uh, that movie. <laughs> it's soporific on purpose. There, there, <laughs> there are people, there's a community of like ASMR people that use Blade Runner inspired soundtracks to fall asleep. I can wow. see that. I yeah. can definitely. Cause the soundtrack actually from Blade Runner it's is like really very interesting. Sort yeah. of dreamy and like there's a lot of rain noises. Yeah. You can either, you you can like go Google ASMR Blade Runner right now. You can find like <laughs> please do not Google Japanese, ASMR Blade Runner. Oh, please do. <laughs> no, do it. Go for it. I'm on board. It's like rain noises combined with like faint <coughs> Japanese like ads in the background. It is very bizarre and a lot of fun. Uh, but you're right. You were from the network for that. So 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 we've got. <laughs> I just I, I feel like and here's the problem. Blade Runner the original one. There's certain performances and I can definitely appreciate and. It, I'm just like John. It puts me to bed. Uh, I, I can never tell which cut I'm supposed to watch. And here's here's my current concern about the new one. I don't think the solution to any problem in the world is let's add Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but like Ryan Gosling's in it, and there's more Harrison Ford. I'm I'm fine with those things, but I, unless the question is what can I fit in this garbage can, the answer is never Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah, I, I buy that. It's just supposed to be very good. It's I, I, supposed fair to enough. be a good that movie. Is, that is what I've heard. I am sure I will see it, but I did not see it today. No. Now, 
Uh, you've had, Jeff, zero experience with My Little Pony before. Here's my experience with My Little Pony. I've watched a lot of Gen 1 My Little Pony because I grew up on a street with all girls my age. <laughs> you grew up on the mean streets. I grew up in the mean streets of, of Torrance, California with seven little girls that were the same age as me. I moved out when I was 12, right before it was about to get good. So I know a lot about Gen 1. In fact, I remember seeing this exact movie as a Gen 1 movie where they had to go find the Flutter Ponies. Ah, oh, the Flutter Ponies. Yeah, uh... And also I have a friend who's a toy collector, and so I've seen a tremendous amount of art and actual toys directly related to the Gen 2 My Little Pony. So I know a lot about them, but like I said, I've never seen them moving around before. Okay, and I've I watched probably five or six episodes of Season 1. I knew the names of all the main characters, sort of their traits, what was the deal with most of them, but I, I never really delved deep into the series. So I have watched five seasons of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Uh, I have watched, uh, one of the Equestria Girls movies. I have watched the Equestria Girls movie, the yeah. first one. It's, I mean, that whole universe is buck wild. <laughs> movie two is kind of a sleeper, but like when you get into the sports competition, it, movie three is even more crazy. <laughs> uh, contemplating the ramifications of the Equestria Girls verse, Twilight Sparkle falls in love with a human. Which is like a very weird thing. Yes. Can I ask a quick question about yes. that? I, I'm familiar with the with the Equestria ver, or uh, girls verse because mm-hmm. again, I'm friends with I'm good friends with the toy collector. Mm-hmm. Do they still say every pony? Uh, no. Well, that's the thing that Twilight has to learn when she's going undercover in that universe is to not say every pony because oh they gosh. say Wait, everybody. They're going undercover. Those yeah. aren't just said. Twilight. In a- it's the same universe. Twilight's but like a the separate only dimension one that is from the pony universe. All the other ones that are the analogs are just human versions of them. There is a actual regular in that universe version of, of Twilight, Twilight Spark. Yeah. Oh, my mind is blown. Eventually right. they meet and it is bananas. Are there are, <laughs> are, are there sparks? Do sparks fly? I think it like do, threatens do Twilight the universe. Sparks fly? <laughs> <laughs> This is very good. I'm glad that we're prepared for this. So, uh, not only, uh, do I know quite a bit about the My Little Pony universe, but I actually like it quite a bit. Yeah. Pretty I did, wild. I didn't have a problem when I was watching it. I mean, after I watched like five episodes, my friend who really wanted me to watch was like, Oh my God, are you a brony now? And I'm like, No, no it's, it's just a, it's a cartoon. And I, I didn't care enough about it to, continue watching it but i didn't dislike it one of the things that we routinely get on the show i'm I'm sorry on system mastery not on movie mastery the show yeah that's the one we call the show on the the popular show on the popular show on the money maker uh on system mastery is uh people asking us to do uh pony finder or fallout equestria fallout equestria tales from equestria the various people would like to play as these ponies in role-playing games and we routinely say no and generally speaking, the reason is most of them are fan games. Yeah. And then of the ones that aren't, we we still feel like we've probably squeezed all the blood out of that. Or people before us have already squeezed all the blood out of that making fun of Brony Stone. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't see, like, being internet bullies to bronies and furries, like, being a real that good not a thing to walk down. And yeah. we have notably been fans of of the furry community in the past. Like, when we did Furry Pirates, we were sad because the book wasn't furry enough. Mm-hmm. So we've we've come out on record as being pro-juggalo, pro-furry, and I, I'm going to go ahead and say it, for the most part, I'm going to be, I'm pro-everything except Homestuck fans. <laughs> um, which I think at this point, there's probably few enough that it, it's okay. You don't need anyone to be pro. They're already an endangered species. Uh, well, that video game just dropped. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So, Ooh. so uh, when, my experience with this show is 
I don't think it's a dumb show. I don't really particularly care about brony culture all that much. I think the show's for kids, and I think it's a really good show for kids. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, like, I am a person who loves the shit out of some cartoons. Yeah. Uh, that's primarily what I watch is cartoons. Yeah. My Little Pony is, like, fine. It yeah. is It is one that if if your kid is into it and they are watching it, it's not one that you are going to resent. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't it's be not mad about Kailu. it. It's <laughs> <laughs> Kai, not can, oh man. Yeah, dude. If your kid's into Kailu or like Arthur or something like that, then you've got, if you, just turn them off and give them Magic School Bus. Yeah, Why, there are better cartoons. Right now, cartoons are better than TV. So you should be watching cartoons. Yeah, or if you really want to mess with your kid, have them watch those old super fascist dystopia Thomas the Tank Engine episodes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that that Thomas the Tank Engine stuff is straight insanity. It is, it's just propaganda about how you should be willing to obey all commands and if you can't, you're going to get walled in like it's a cask of a Montiano. To, to live horribly forever, yeah. Yeah. I just, every time I watch that scene, because there's that scene where, uh, you probably have no idea what we're talking about right now, but there's a scene where some train on the Thomas the Tank Engine Island is walled up forever for disobedience. Yep. It doesn't want to follow directions, so they straight brick him into a place. But he's a train! (laughs) It is just bricks! Yeah. When he wants to leave, he'll just go forward slowly. Not without an engine. (laughs) He is the engine! (laughs) That's literally what he is! Yeah, Which, man, but he can't build up enough speed. He's just going to be sitting there donking his face you, into it. You have it. no idea how much torque a train engine generates. Don't <laughs> that, act like you that do. Is I true. love that we have now started applying real-world <laughs> physics to Thomas the Tank Engine fascist problems. Look, it's going to hurt his weird train face a bit, but he'll get through those bricks. Now, now just let me tell you, the physics of jam on a train is completely <laughs> wrong in Thomas. <laughs> Anyway, you know what today started with? It started with a little short, which sadly, I, James didn't catch the I short. I missed the short, and I feel bad about but, it. But uh, there was a short film associated with today's movie, and it was uh, Hanazuki. Hanazuki. I think it's be the last thing we talk about before we break for spoilers. Yeah. So Hanazuki, which I don't care if I spoil because there was no plot to it. Yeah, this isn't the movie, but uh, whatever. Hanazuki is apparently the story of a little girl who lives alone on a moon. Well, not alone exactly. She has seven friends that are little bunny, disembodied bunny heads of rainbow colors, and each one represents emotion, and when she bonds with her bunny head friends, her hair and uh, color, the white parts of her hair and color set, turn to that color. Yeah, she uh, she basically has mood ring hair, mm-hmm. uh, rabbit friends that are Pixar's inside out as rabbit heads. Uh, yes, but they're yeah just disembodied rabbit heads. And uh, she lives on the moon, and a sleeping baby that is the size of her, gives her shows up and gives her a diamond. Jesus. Yeah. It is. Honestly, if this wasn't uh, the cartoon animation style wasn't as modern and goofy as it was, I would assume this was some weird French avant-garde shit. I figured it was like a Donnie Darko sequel. Like, like just, literally, like, just oh, now there's just lots of bunny heads on the moon. Yeah, it is. It is straight crazy. And uh, the the yellow rabbit head, which represents happiness steals maybe steals the diamond and runs to the dark side of the moon where it's spooky yeah it runs to the wrong side of the moon mm-hmm. encounters accidentally a sort of cthulhu dog um <laughs> yeah uh, you're, you're the cthulhu now dog <laughs> so, but that's literally what happens they end up in the ac- accidentally in the open mouth of a cthulhu dog then they fall into lava uh, and, and nearly die in the lava but at no point do you feel like any of this is at all threatening no. Um, uh, and then, you know, the, the little rabbit is sad because he thinks maybe that Hana is angry at him, but then her hair turns yellow and 
Oh boy, when she's, you know it, she's, she's happy, happy that he's okay. And yeah. The, the Cthulhu dog is friendly after all, and everyone goes on a rainbow slide on the moon. And then they bricked him in forever. <laughs> Your disobedience. For disobedience. <laughs> Why aren't you running on these tracks I made for you, giant Cthulhu dog? <laughs> and then a baby shows up and gives her another diamond, and that's the end of it. I don't understand what Sleep Baby's purpose is in this universe. I don't know if he shows up as a projection of a baby's dream onto the moon, mm. or if he himself is just asleep and gains the power to teleport to the moon through sleep. Perhaps he represents temptation. And, and, and as curious <laughs> as, as the whole thing is, I, I'm not sure if I really would want my own kids to be as, uh, associating with a show where the basic message seems to be, expect treasure from people. Just, <laughs> just random people are going to come by. They have to give you treasure when they see you. Yeah, Look, that's not a great lesson. If no. you see a baby with something, it's actually yours take, and you should take it. Take stuff from that baby, especially diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, let's. So, yeah, that was that was uh, Hanazuki. That was Hanazuki. You know what? We're gonna play a little music for you right now, and we'll be right back with a full spoilered up review of My Little Pony the movie. And we are back. It's time to dive deep. Get into the meat, if you will, of My Little Pony, the movie. Well, I'm the only one who saw this part, so I'll go ahead and run you through it. Because we had a, we, uh, just traffic caused some issues. So we, we missed, so some people missed like the first two minutes of this movie. So here's what you missed. Uh, so I, I'm going to say I was there for the very beginning, and the very beginning is amazing. It's, it's, uh, they do another good credit sequence. No, oh, well, it's opening music, and the opening music is "We've Got the Beat," but with but all with the pony, with lyrics. pony lyrics. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so all the ponies dancing in the streets, that kind of thing. Oh, uh, it's great. so good. They, they actually also managed to work in Equestria in, mm-hmm. in, into the lyrics. There's one thing I heard right before I left the theater, and that was that one of the places that exists here. Is Saddle Arabia? Yes, Saddle Arabia. Oh, I and that was... tickled me to no end. I thought that was a pony. I thought there was a, there was a pony named Saddle no, Arabia. At some at a at a point in I think season three of the show, there are Saddle Arabian diplomats that visit Equestria, which to me makes me believe that Celestia has a deal with Saddle Arabia to get some of their resources. Oh, obviously. Um, but they they have to you know put on a show for the so... Saddle Arabian dip- diplomats who are drawn as Arabian horses. Which is very funny in <laughs> My Little Pony style. So, okay, I'm trying to figure out the autonomy of Celestia. Celestia is the land of ponies. Uh, uh, Equestria is the land of ponies. Okay, Equestria is the land of ponies. Mm-hmm. Is Saddle Arabia a different land of ponies, or are they not ponies? So they would not. Uh, Saddle Arabia is of Arabian ponies. Okay, they're so they're Ar- like a slightly different breed of pony, and most sort of beasts of burden and mm-hmm. farm animals are sentient uh, or, or sapient, but uh, not all of them have autonomous cultures. Okay, for instance, cattle, even though they're capable of intelligent thought, are herded and farmed by ponies i don't think for meat but that's never been confirmed that is that's real disturbing it's to me definitely for milk at least like because that's even, because there's even a lot of confection not, even if you're not murdering them you're still 
milking a sapient being? Yeah. And that's real uncomfortable. And, and they're prone to, like, stampede. Like, <laughs> they are fully intelligent creatures that can stampede yeah. if they spook. Okay. So, <laughs> so in the background, a, a lot of the time, this movie, of course, packed in background shots of just about every character you've ever heard of. I've only heard of one, so I watched for her, and of course, I saw Derby several times. I mean, she saved Twilight Sparkle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she was, uh, she was actually an important character in the film, although plot no, relevant. No lines, just plot relevant. You know who I was sad that I didn't see? Doctor Who. Doctor Who's didn't show up in this one. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what that is, so I'm going to assume that's a Doctor Who parody. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and boy, howdy, if you like these background <laughs> ponies in season five, they dedicate an entire episode to them, and it is delightful. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Who's is a main character with a speaking role who is essentially Doctor Who in that episode. Who did they and drag it in to do it? I don't know if they actually got David Tennant or somebody who just did a Matt good Smith. impression. It can't be that hard yeah. to get David Tennant. He's he's Scrooge right now. Yeah, yeah. Like it. Hey, if I could get David Tennant, yeah. Um, Matt, if, if David I could Tennant be Scrooge, I'd it. take it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, I, I I feel like it's a good time to point out some of like the political economy of Equestria yeah, here, I have just, a lot of just questions. so you guys can understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there is an immortal godhead royalty that rules over Equestria. Is that the three princesses? Uh, that is four? actually the two godhead princesses that have existed um, that we can tell for okay. thousands of years are Princess Celestia, mm -hmm. who has control over the sun, mm -hmm. and Princess Luna, who has control over the moon. Yeah, now that that's some season one shit. That's I some, figured that out. Yeah, that's season one stuff. Uh, in season three, uh, they reveal uh, Princess Cadence, mm -hmm. who rules over the Crystal Kingdom. Yeah, I was going to say, she seemed to have gem powers. Yes, uh, so she has uh, control of the Crystal Heart. Uh, which is a race of crystal ponies live like in northern Equestria where, uh, they can sleep in immortal topor if the heart is not placed in the core of the city. Um, otherwise they look like shinier ponies and they have the ability to grant sparkle powers too. It, it's interesting. It's, I, no, I'm, I'm on board with sparkle powers. Here's, here's the thing that always gets me about this. And this got me in generation one as well. Mm -hmm. Every time they introduce a new subculture of, of ponies, yeah. they are universally cooler than the originals. Uh, I, I mean, it's absolutely true. And like, if you look at this universe from an objective stance, Earth ponies, which are the ponies that are not Pegasuses or unicorns, mm -hmm. are just screwed over. They don't the, get any, they're not they do stronger. Have, they do have a special power. Their special powers, they are more durable. Um, and that's coming straight from the My Little Pony role playing game. But oh, good. They yeah, also, yeah. and you guys, as system master, you're going to love this. Uh, they are farmers. They are the only ponies that can make things grow from the ground. So the shit farmers. Uh, wait, so, that, so is Applejack then an earth pony? He's, well, she's yeah, an earth pony. She doesn't she, have and a horn or wings. Okay. So the only, so a pony without horns or wings is an earth pony. Is an earth yes. pony. Okay. I figured the earth ponies were the ones that didn't get to be pastel. They were just those sort of horses you see in the background. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So okay. anyone, anyone Anyone who does not have the power to fly or the gift of magic okay. um, is an earth pony. Now, there's a zebra that I saw several times in the background. Zebras, that would be Zakora the zebra. Mm -hmm. uh, Zakora comes from a separate race of creatures that are zebras that are similar to ponies, but not ponies. <laughs> similar yet distinct. <laughs> legally the, distinct. Legally distinct from ponies. The other thing that I need to point out, I think, is, is very important to understand about the My Little Pony universe. Uh, 
is Twilight Sparkle did not start off as a princess. She transformed into a princess and it's not clear whether or not she is immortal and will have to watch her friends die in like <laughs> 20 years. See now that, that was the question I had when I first saw the Equestria girls thing mm-hmm. is it starts out and they're like, Oh, you're a princess. And she had wings all of a sudden. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck she, is going on here? So, uh, Celestia had pegged, uh, Twilight Sparkle. Oh, that's uh, from dirty. the start. <laughs> yeah. From the start, uh, uh, as a child, she's like, I will raise this into being another immortal god being like myself because Celestia is, you know, a perfect ruler. Um, but everything around her is brittle and breaks and she watches all things crumble to dust so she creates new gods yeah like you do yeah okay um so that that's one thing that's important the other thing that you need to know about uh, my little pony to truly understand this universe is each one of them has a cutie mark i saw the cutie Uh, marks and i'm familiar with them okay you're familiar i watched gen one so literally everybody knows what they're good at Mm-hmm. So already like right from birth, their existence, if we had to choose between our world existing and their world, their world is objectively better for ours as we are aimless beings mm-hmm. that wander the earth in search of meaning and they have it stamped onto their ass. So I think, isn't there any interpretation? Are there episodes where people determine that they got their cutie mark wrong? No. Like, for example, Applejack. Applejack has apples on her butt. Yes. And, or a flank, excuse me. And therefore should probably be, according to the, the show, a farmer, a farmer of apples. Mm-hmm. And is. But couldn't that also be in, in, interpreted that she should be an archer or a juggler or something like I mean, that? There, or there a are juggalo? Certain, it is possible to misinterpret your cutie mark. Yeah. Uh, but typically does not happen. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, like Rarity could have been a jeweler. She yeah. says ju- diamonds. How did she? I don't even know what she actually she is. Ha- she's she has. She's a designer, a fashion designer, yeah. basically. Okay, she's a fashion designer, and she likes to work with gems, and she has the ability to locate gems. Oh, okay. Do they all? Does that mean that all of the ponies that we encounter in the film? Because I'm I'm learning their names as we go along, mm-hmm. and. Does that mean they all have jobs? Like they all do with a role in They the, all oh, yeah. do have jobs. Okay. And so the, the one I want to talk that's about. That's why it's a perfect society. Yeah. I don't even have that. <laughs> and I got a cutie yeah. mark. <laughs> the one I really want to talk about in, in terms of having a, a job, and this is something that actually relates to the movie, because when the movie starts, basically Twilight Sparkle is tasked with planning a big party, which I, I assume just means that uh, the current party is about to end, so it's time to start the next one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she's all worried because it's going to be have to be a really big party. So she goes outside and all of her friends start singing to her about friendship. Rainbow Dash appears to have the job of destroying clouds. Okay. Indeed. So she is a weather pony. Okay. Um, uh, all Pegasuses, as, as, uh, John also knows, uh, have the ability to control the weather. Okay. Um, so destroying clouds is how they ensure that it is going to be a clear day. They just sort of kick them and they disperse, but they can also bring in rainstorms uh, uh, and they are a major part of the changing of seasons. Mm-hmm. All weather in the My Little Pony universe is manually done. So now here's the question I, I, that immediately calls to mind for me. When they go off on a voyage in this book or in this movie, excuse me, they, they come to some sort of Moss Eisley style city full of lizards and sharks. Yeah. Who's doing the weather there? I mean natural. Yeah. I that, 
it's, it's, it's in wild. a desert, which is why you gotta yeah. wonder. I kind of think, and they're and taking like, the rain clouds when they make it rain. They're taking it from them because we got to see where the griffins live in season five, and the griffins also sort of live on this like barren, rocky cliff. So I am assuming that if you don't have ponies doing your weather, you are destitute and desperate for any sort of sustenance, it, unless you happen to have weather at the moment. Like, because I get the impression that it's. Some ponies did set the weather up everywhere, and then there's this one spot, little tiny spot in the world, where weather changes, and everywhere else is just whatever it was when they left. So, in the ever-free forest, weather runs itself, um, but that is the only place confirmed in the universe that, like, operates in a way that, like, we would understand with weather. I- Wow. I think the rest of the world is just without resources. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we could rapidly hit a point where we could discuss the functionality of this universe forever without actually talking about what happens. In I that am film. so deep oh, into no. this. You have no idea. You just say the word and you let me do it. Well, because the other question I have is whenever they there's okay. I, I'm gonna just run through a quick list of questions. Okay. Yes, okay. please, please right. do. Because I'm new to this universe. So okay, next question. As ponies, and I think I asked this one during the film, mm-hmm. are they shod? It's yeah. a really difficult because the, the problem is they make their shod horse noises. <laughs> they they make noises like as if they have horseshoes, but the the actual hooves themselves are the exact same color, and there's no break in the lines. Yeah. So and, and, and there's honestly, no break between their like fur it, and the rest of. Their I was going to say it doesn't even look like there's hooves there particularly. So, but, but they I, make I will tell noises. you, pedicures are frequently referenced in the okay. My Little Pony universe. So I have explained it to myself in that a lot of ponies opt to paint their hooves, and shotting could be a part of that because there are a lot of ponies that have horseshoes as their cutie marks, and I can only assume that means they're making horseshoes. Yeah, yeah. They have to at least know what they are. So I think right? you just buy a horseshoe now, in your color. Now, the question is, is that part of the pony body mod community? Mm. Oh, what interesting. So, so horses that are, sh- or ponies that are shot are like getting piercings and tattoos. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, someone looks at you and goes, man, that is, that is some amazing, uh, shod work you've got going on there, but you are never going to find a job. Yeah. You're going to have to wear a long leg skirt in order to get a, a job somewhere. <laughs> You're terrible in interviews because you have horseshoes on. But the only reason I'm asking the question, because, you know, it's not just me trying to figure out whether or not the ponies have hooves. It's because whenever there's scenes of them just walking and no one else is talking, they make standard pony Clock on cobblestone yeah. noise. That I, thing. I, I think it is safe to assume that, that horseshoes are made and used, but also it has never been confirmed in any My Little Pony material. Okay. Um, so I, I, th- I think those were my core questions. Uh, I, more will come up as we move our way through, I'm sure. Great. Now, now we're getting this big party, but the party after the big number of, hey, let's all be friends, is crashed by our uh, main villain for the movie, well, which is... our main villain's henchman for the movie. Well, she's basically the main villain up until the last, she's like, five minutes. She's the only one who gets a villain song. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, it is a pony that has lost her horn. Yeah, broken horn pony. And her name is Tempest. Or at least that is what she is going by now. 
Yes, yeah. So Tempest the Pony, which uh, I'll be honest, at the at that point I had failed to notice that Rarity also was a unicorn. Mm-hmm. And so when Tempest showed up and she had the broken horn and there was like lightning coming out of it and stuff, I was like, "Oh, a fallen god of their society." <laughs> that's, that's neat. That's the bad guy in this. Is gonna because I figured unicorns were basically like their their god kings. No, no, the, the the god kings are the alicorns, which have Pegasus wings and unicorn. Horns. Okay, and, and cool magic hair. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, there are fallen. Fallen gods that they have uh, defeated and destroyed in past seasons. So okay. you are not yeah. that far off the mark. All right. So like, like John Delaney. Yeah, John Delaney was a was an imprisoned trickster god, and we'll talk about him. Wait, isn't it John Delancey? John Del- Delancey. Yeah. Delancey. Whatever. Whatever. Q. Okay. Q. Yeah, Q yeah. showed up and played <laughs> Q on the show. I was just, for a second. I was picturing John Mulaney as uh. as Tony. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he played Cat Stevens too much, and they <laughs> wouldn't stop talking about CSI. Uh, so yeah, uh, they they definitely uh, defeat and destroy gods, and uh, she is she's like an injured like villain. She's scarred up. Yeah. yeah, which doesn't appear to do much. She her horn is still magic. Well, the the thing is, the horn normally gives you basically telekinesis standard, and then you know you can some other you can spells. learn other magic yeah. to use with it, but. Pretty much just telekinesis as your standard thing. Mm-hmm. Now, her horn being broken means instead of telekinesis, she essentially has electrokinesis? She basically has, yeah. It, but the thing is, she can still lift stuff. There are scenes where she holds things up with it. I think, uh, like, the implication of her backstory when she sings the song is at first it wasn't working properly, and mm-hmm. eventually she learned to deal with it, and it's not perfect. But, yeah. like, you know, this is a disabled character in this universe, which is, like, a really fascinating thing to watch because you're in a universe with magic. You can just fix everything. Yeah. So, like, clearly broken unicorn horns are things they cannot fix that. Yeah. And yeah. this is Emily Blunt doing the voice. Uh the other thing I found pretty fascinating about her character design is she's wearing a full bodysuit. Yeah. Which means full armor. Which means we never see her, her cutie mark. Well, the thing no, that's we in- never. interesting about that is she's working for the Storm King. From Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and the, the Storm King's logo is on the armor she's wearing where the cutie mark would be. Yes. yes. So she basically has decided that her cutie mark, what she's good at, is being this is lieutenant serving the storm or the storm king decided that he doesn't appear to have decided much about ponies so i'm going to assume she came up with that yeah but pretty grim and great like background work yeah, yeah. but I, I was surprised because you know of course she's a pony in a pony movie she's gonna have a, a face turn uh but i was i was amazed that they never had her pop the armor loose so you could see that her original cutie mark was like i make fireworks or whatever uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's weird that I they really didn't thought do that was going to happen at the very end. I, I, w- I was assuming that that would happen too. I, I kind of figured, and this is sort of a dark turn that the movie could have taken, it would be that her cutie mark is a broken horn. So Oof. that she knew, like her parents knew, <laughs> oh, God, like, the day she was born, they were like, oh, something's going to happen. So you're meant to be broken. <laughs> well, no, you don't get your cutie mark when you're born. You get it oh. around like, it's like puberty. 12. Yeah, it's, it's, it's puberty. Okay. And she lost you have the horn a cute before actually. We, we get to see her. <laughs> one of the, is a yeah. celebration name for it. Oh my God. Oh my God. They, <sighs> they have a, they have her backstory in a little, in a little cartoonier cartoon segment in this. She lives in an all unicorn village. Which, yeah. There were no other types of ponies. Yeah. And she gets attacked by a star bear, uh, which is a that thing. would be Ursa Major. Yeah. Uh, okay. There are cosmic bears uh, that can get to be up to three stories tall. Okay. Um, for like the young ones, the mm-hmm. large ones are enormous. But uh, 
Yes, Ursa Majors are bears made of stars. Okay, so that was just a little thing for the fans. That then. was a, that was a little nod. Yeah, okay. that was that was a villain even from season one. So basically, she shows up in a big old airship that that has black clouds surrounding it, and before she shows up, our tertiary villain pops in. Uh, a little hedgehog man. Yeah, he was like supposed to be the fun sidekick. He, he was, was Michael Pena, so he definitely they were definitely going for a fun side uh, yeah. sidekick vibe. I thought I didn't think it was Michael Pena. I'm gonna be honest. I thought it was Josh Gad. I I gotta be honest. I didn't think it was gonna be Michael Pena because he wasn't funny and he was bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he had no good lines. No good lines. Zero. His whole shtick was explaining the joke. Yeah. And I'm like, if that was done really well, then maybe. But. Oh man, it was not, it was done very poorly. I, I will say overall, I am very surprised by the lack of charm some of the side characters in this movie had because like, My Little Pony has a lot of charming side characters that come in. That's sort of the point. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Well, we get, I think there's maybe four major side characters that we still have yet to discuss that are new characters for the movie. I am guessing each one of them. Yeah, we'll get so, there. So basically, week. Tempest shows up and Tempest displays an amazing ability, which is apparently she has balls that she can throw at people that crystallize Just them. completely, okay. This is something that I really need to talk about. It's a thing that annoys me about the My Little Pony universe, uh, to start with. It's that Celestia is an immortal god queen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. She deals with enemies by banishing them to the moon for a thousand years, mm. by imprisoning trickster gods in stone, by permanently trapping a slaver, like, in the north, like, in the deepest, darkest tundra. Mm-hmm. She deals with people with, like, very cruel punishment. Well, like, she deals instantly. with people like... A god deals with people in mythology. Yeah, but the thing that the thing that I really want to point out about all of Celestia's enemies and the way that she's punished them, uh, they were all like thinking and aware during their punishment. So like when Discord was imprisoned in stone for a thousand years, he was thinking the whole time. So like an this immensely, is a demolition man situation. Yeah, she is like an immensely brutal like uh ruler and uh really takes no guff from enemies but because twilight sparkle is like the leader and like the the protagonist of the show every time something happens celestia immediately goes out like a punk and this is exactly ah. what happened here so she's the wharf of the franchise yeah celestia should have like blasted this like peasant this ant before her mm-hmm. this thing that has like walked the earth in an eye blink in celestia's years imprisoned her in stone which is bananas and i hate yeah i cannot stand it she has these magic soccer ball things and she just sort of does cool Pele sidekicks on them and, and hits, uh, the three really, really, really powerful princesses with mm-hmm. them and causes them to be encased in black stone. Yes. So they are imprisoned in stone for the whole thing. And like Celestia was trying to get a plan to princess Luna so that she could do the adventure that our protagonist. Yeah. And she was doing. taking her sweet time because yeah. she was like, princess Luna, I need you to fly. You need to fly far to the North where you will encounter this mountain in the mountain. You will find the, <laughs> the queen of the hippos. Yep. And then she gets turned to stone. When really, this is the sort of thing that they should have had a conversation about a long time ago. Hey, should- if something bad ever happened. Hey, hey, Twilight, now that you're a princess, if something <laughs> ever goes wrong yeah. with this known enemy. Yeah. Also, I mean, just to go back to what you were saying, the first one hit with the ball was Cadence. Yeah. And so it's not like they hit Celestia first. She didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. She saw the green ball hit and encase Cadence and wasn't like, 
oh, shit just got real. I'm about to go bad boys on you. Yeah, like, when, when, when Queen Chrysalis attacked, like, she blasted Chrysalis with the power of the sun, and, like, it didn't work because Chrysalis had, like, planned a special thing for it. In this, she's just like, oh, no, I guess we're losing. I guess I get to get hit now. I assume Cadence has a special voice actor because she didn't get a line in this. She she kind of walks in from the side at the beginning and then and then gets hit and turned to stone before she gets to say anything. Yeah, I can't remember who Cadence's voice actor. But I, it felt like they put her in here just because they had to. Like yeah, the, I mean they absolutely did. Like the show Bible was like, we, okay, Cadence is really important. We got to we got to put her in there. And they're like, we don't want to. You have to. You have to put her in. She's well, got to be at least in the background. Put her in the background. She gets turned to stone right away. Don't worry about it. By the way, before this attack happens, we get. Uh, the whole beginning song is, oh, you can totally do it, Twilight Sparkle, because you've got friends. Incidentally, every song in this entire movie, except for the villain song, is, you can do it because you have friends. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene where Sia shows up as a pony. <laughs> yep. yep. Sia is a pony with that, uh, like, face covering black and white hair thing that she does. Yeah. And she's not an especially talented voice actor. So her one bit that she gets is a little stilted. It was weird. Yeah. It, it was, was a weird thing. Anyway, just wanted to let you know that Sia is a character in the film. So Twilight Sparkle decides to adopt the job once Luna gets turned to, to crystal stones or whatever. She decides to adopt the role of, okay, it's me who has to go talk to the queen of the hippos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they escape. And, of course, the people who escape are the core group Yeah, and no one else. Nobody else gets to get out. And I'm going to say this. The end of the movie is them basically fighting back against these occupiers. They managed to beat the ever-loving Christ out of these forces, which are basically giant, weird gorillas, yeah. essentially. Yeah, there's big and, gorillas with masks on. And at the end of the movie, it's essentially the exact same group with five more people, and they just clown on these fools. Well, yeah. I, I really want to... And yet the entire, like, all of Equestria is at this party, and they're just like... Oh no! We give up! Yeah, they immediately gave up. The thing I really wanted to talk about, those giant ape monkeys, they never do anything at all. No. At, at no point, like, I, I know it's a kid's movie, I know it's it's meant for girls ages like 8 to 15 or whatever, and then also bronies. 15 is a little bit too. I know. <laughs> 8 to whatever and bronies. And, but, these ape things never, I, I would figure at least at one point they would grab someone, you know, like, and, and hold them and be like, yeah. here, here you go, your majesty, I caught this person. But they have like razor claws, they never, once in the entire film ever even swing their arm at an object they're just present yeah the they will chase after things uh they will menacingly point a weapon at people but there is no point where it looks like they straight up attack anyone no the the one scene where twilight sparkle and all of her friends go falling off a cliff and into a waterfall is because they run into two of them that are just standing there they come across two of these ape things, and the ape things are just like, and, and they just sort of go, oh, no, ape things, and they fall off a bridge. And I was like, so that's the most menacing these villains are going to get. Yeah, uh fights in My Little Pony are always pretty much universally bad. Uh Season 5 had some pretty good magic duels, but, like, mostly it's not good fighting. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, they all fall off the cliff. The little hedgehog Michael Pena character decides not to pursue them. And then they decide that the, the, their role now is to go forth and alert the queen of the hippos that they need help. Yep. Uh, and so we get that hungry, hungry hippos joke that was... The, <laughs> it's the only Boy. thing I know about hippos. They're hungry. Hungry hippos. Ugh. So that happens. 
And then they proceed. They start walking across a desert where we get some way overlong, uh, which, what's the yellow one? Uh, uh Fluttershy. We get some way overlong Fluttershy stick. No, that's Pinkie Pie. Pinkie Pie, Pie, is Pinkie Pie, Pie doing Pie that? Pinkie Pie is the yes. pink one. Oh, okay. Well, then she's the one who sticks a little too hard. No, here, sh- Pinkie Pie's thing is that she sticks too hard. Yeah. And that's, I will, I know that there's even episodes dedicated to let's, Really try and explain that yes, Pinkie Pie does something aside from be terrible, but <laughs> honestly, every episode is something's going fine. Pinkie Pie screws it ruins up, ruins it, yeah, and that's that is her role in life is to take what is good and destroy it. Pinkie Pie is the Deadpool of the My Little Pony universe, and in my assessment of it, is she is the person who is supposed to be funny and is so annoying that I just cannot stand. She she is the hyper monkey cheese nonsense character that is there to appeal to the child who is also a hyper monkey cheese child you know like jeff would be (laughs) let me see who was my favorite character in stuff that i watched when i was a kid was it that hyper wacky character yeah pretty much yeah pretty much i mean like daffy duck right yeah but uh but anyway they decide to go find the queen of the hippos they go to the desert pinkie pie kind of just yells about the desert for a long time uh, Rarity manages to get her complaining about it out in about two lines, which I was impressed by. Like, Rarity was just like, I'm in the desert. It's hot. This will ruin my perfect hair. Pinkie Pie, over to you. I have 15 minutes of material. <laughs> I've got a solid 15 to do, and until you flash me that light, I'm not getting off. I've got a chunk. I'm working till Seinfeld's ready to come up. And then uh, she notices that they're actually on a road, so they follow a road. And that, that takes them to that Moss Eisley area. Yeah, it yep. takes them to straight up a wretched hive of scum and lizards. Yeah. Uh, and so they encounter a whole bunch of lizard people. Where slavery is the primary currency, it looks like. Yeah, well, well it was birds. And I don't know if those birds are sentient or not. I, it, pretty much they were, everything is sapient. Well, they, okay. they didn't seem to talk at all. They seem to be smaller, like standard size birds. Cause mm-hmm. we will meet actual, actual walk around bird sapient people. birds. Yeah. But these were just like normal birds. Well, and that's a thing, right? I mean, that's like if someone were to be putting a bunch of monkeys in cages. I mean, I know, I know we're not directly descended from monkeys. We're direct descended from a common ancestor. But you get the idea. If there were some primates in some cage, if there were a bunch of sugar gliders, you'd be like, oh yeah, I can see that. They're locking up primates. Yeah. Now, the, I didn't really have a problem with the birds. I mean, unless it was the birds locking up the birds, then I would feel a little weird. But anyway, the, the big thing is you also see, at this point, that they're basically just like, I will take anything I can get. Yeah. Like, people are selling horns of things. Yeah, one of them asks uh, Twilight Sparkle if she's selling her horn. Or, yeah, they like, expect wants the parts hair of your of body as payment. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've read a couple of fix where she is selling her horn. I'm sure. Hey now. Yeah, hey now. Whoa. Okay, now, I'm just, I, I gotta say this. There is... <laughs> there's that hole where the... The horn where Tempest, her horn broke. Yeah. And instead of it being like a solid just break, it's inside is like inside. hollow and sparking. And I could not help but imagine that there is definitely fic of someone's unicorn horn going into that hole. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, That's yeah. happening. I don't know if it already happened, but someone out there has heard me say it. Well, Here's you the thing. Spoke it. It, it definitely <laughs> now exists. It is true. It's definitely called horn docking. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'm, so, I'm sorry. I think it may be horn swoggling. <laughs> Oh, God. Mm. Nope, I'm afraid no one else knows about uh, old wrestlers like you do. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so basically uh, Twilight Sparkle's 
does her thing where she's like, hey, we need to figure out help. For, we need to figure out how to find the queen of the hippos from the people of this village. And then Pinkie Pie does her thing, which is to start yelling about it in the middle of the town square. Yep. Uh, and then we get our introduction to a brand new character for this movie. Uh, because it's Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs the cat. Yeah, new kind of creature in the My Little Pony universe, yeah. which just calls into question all sorts of things. There are cat people now. And yeah. not only are there cat people, there are bipedal clothes-wearing cat people, which is important because because the, the ponies are not bipedal, and any clothes they wear are purely ornamental. Now, was he a reference to something? Well, he's like a Puss in Boots figure, right? I mean, he ends the movie in a top hat, and I looked at that, and I was like, that looks so familiar. Oh, what is that? What's that Miyazaki movie with the... Do we, I, I don't think he's the Baron. Okay, that's... Um, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, like, I, I was thinking, is this the reference they're making? But, yeah, he's like a weird pirate-looking cat. Person. Well, he's ca- he's Puss in Boots. He's got the yeah. cape. He's a, he looks like a mountebank. He he and he's a swindler. Yeah, yeah. he's. Oh, I, I think he also might be a little Lando Calrissian. Yeah. Oh no, he's a little more Han. He sells. He's gonna sell out yeah. his friends. Well, that's Lando. Well, Lando. Lando sells out his friends and wears a big cool cape. Now, if only they had gotten into the room and Tempest was there, and then Twilight Sparkle tried to shoot lasers. That at her. did happen. Why that- doesn't that happen? Twilight Sparkle shoots lasers at her problems left and right. Yeah, right? But, but that that scene does happen, except that instead of it being the the big bad guy, it's their inter. It's the, his that naked mole rat a, a of mole a rat. circus guy. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we get our next song at this point, and this song is the Catman's song about, "Hey, man, you can trust me. We're good friends." I'm going to show you how to get around town. Can, can we talk about how this dude's singing this in what is very clearly an Arabia-inspired desert environment, and his song is straight up, You Have Never Had a Friend Like Me? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, that's the song he sings. He's like, I'm the specific friend you need at this time. You don't have any friends exactly like I am. And I was like, guy, work harder. Work, work, work way harder. <laughs> So he's saying, but he is definitely going to betray them. Uh, he just sings a song about how great of a friend he is, leads them into his house, and then a naked mole rat shows up to cart off all the girls to the desert. Oh, yeah. and Spike, I guess. And, yeah, because he's got a circus, and this is going to fulfill the debts that our cat, that I can't remember the name of, owes. Catter, or Capper, Capper. Cathar? It's Capper. Cathar. 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 It's Cathar. Yeah, it's Catheter. It's Catheter. <laughs> you know what I cath? I don't like pain. It's, it's, it's Capper. His name is Capper. Okay. Um, but sure, it, why not? Yeah. But the, uh, cat purse. He's here's, Kappa. Here's the problem I have with this scene. The naked mole rat shows up alone with a big circus wagon, and then it's him and Capper are there. And how is this going to happen? What, what's their next, what's their step two? Like, okay, herd a whole bunch of sapient creatures with magic powers into your house. Great. Now I guess ask them politely to be slaves in a circus. <laughs> Please get in my cage. It was weird how earlier in the, like, Mos Eisley, when they walk into Mos Eisley, someone tells Twilight not to use magic. Mm. Yeah, don't you never, use magic on my goods. That never comes up again. Yeah, yeah he was, he, I think he was just being a big grump. But yeah, she helps, she just randomly helps some giant turtle monster uh, lift a bunch of uh, barrels into his wagon. And then his response is just, don't you magic up my merchandise. Yeah. And then he chases her off. But, but, uh, but yeah, it's like, uh, maybe the, Maybe people who are not directly connected to unicorns all the time hate magic and feel like it's unfair. Yeah, I, I would. Well, I mean, the uh, the Storm King apparently has a ton of magic at his disposal because he's got anti-magic like weapons and cages. He's got these soccer balls that can turn you to stone. His character is very poorly explained. Yes. Well, yes. He's not well explored at all. Yeah. He the, the, is he's basically like president business as a yet more evil guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it does, and apparently he's already subjugated all of the world except for Equestria in this in this storyline. 
Well, you know, it'd be really hard to subjugate the land where a god queen rules. Theoretically! You think. But aren't you there would like, think. okay, tell me this, and I'm just going to guess here. Does Zykoria, where the, the zebra people, do they have an equivalent Celestia type person? I don't think so. So Celestia is really- C- Celestia controls the sun. Like, okay. like, for this everybody. planet, this pitiful planet how, is at her control. How sad does that make it that she just lives in a little paradise, that she surrounds herself with people that just kind of look just like her and have them make parties well, all the time? Jeff, Celestia is my favorite character for that very reason. So, what is going on? What, well, that's, that's insane. I feel bad for everyone else because at that point you go, I wasn't made in God's image. Yeah. The ponies. <laughs> Look like God. Well, let's talk. And about- I don't. This is the other thing. I just remember now. One of the other major things I wanted to talk about in a scene in Mos Eisley, when uh, Pinkie Pie walks out into the middle of the town square to try and get everybody's attention, she does that dumb shit that I can't stand, where she says, "Any pony, can any pony help me?" No, no, they can't, Pinkie Pie. No one you are talking to is a pony. There's there's a degree of pony privilege yes that exists in this universe that they their words for things are so pony centric that they won't even change it when it is no longer appropriate okay guys they live in the country that controls the sun yeah they live in God's and backyard. their god who they speak to yeah. who is a pony controls that sun. Oh, no, that's what i'm saying is it's There's very no... pony privilege it's not a racist of them it's just this is what they know. Well, it's racist. It's just that it's subconscious racist. It's it, it ultimately it's deep. It's basically this is a story about the exalted. These are the solar exalted. <laughs> while while the unconquered sun is still stalking the earth and keeping them in charge. Okay, that's what this is. Where they would walk. Why would an exalted solar be like? Ah, hello, normal human. I am interested in your wares instead of just being like, bring me meat or I will smite your entire village. <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's interesting to me though that throughout this whole thing, nobody's magic or powers or anything really comes into play. There are a lot of scenes of people falling where none of the three characters who have wings really are like, oh, I the guess I'll do something is a about threat this. a lot in this. The movie. best one is when Fluttershy falls and uses her wings to cover her eyes. Yes. At least that's sort I mean, of funny. That's like, yeah, and that's so Fluttershy. She is useless. Okay. She is. Oh, hey, I love Fluttershy. Worse. She's my favorite. D- that's fucking wrong. You're a <laughs> wrong person. <laughs> but, uh, so the cat dude betrays them. But here's the thing. He was playing to sell seven strangers, seven dumb rubes he just met into slavery. By to seven by, brothers. By, 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 I hope there's seven. I have no idea. By betraying them. And then one of them. Just sort of as an afterthought with, with a random display of her, fli- uh, her flippant god magic that she can use whenever she wants to change the world. But instead she uses it to fix the sleeve on his shirt, on his cape thing. Yeah, he's missing a button and his sleeve is ripped, so she replaces the button and fixes the sleeve. And, and this makes him so sad that he decides to sort of not betray them anymore. But I was like, okay, of course they're gonna be nice to them, uh, to you. You just seduced them. You should be expecting, <laughs> you should be expecting gifts of kindness from them until such time as you can sell them because they are unsuspecting rubes. You have ultimately just sold them a bill of goods that you do not have. You've, you've told them, oh, I'll take you to wherever you need to go and I, I have all of the resources you need. And so someone being like, oh, thank you. Here, let me give you something in return. Seems like it would be normal. It would be very normal for him. And, and the way they play this character is, 
I, I want to say almost a little unconsciously creepy because it's it's Tay Diggs first of all, yeah. se- sexiest man ever created on the hand, uh, on the face of the earth, playing a sexy cat man, playing a not just a cat man, a sexy cat man. Because if it was just a cat man, he'd be quadrupedal like the ponies. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not. He has a nice broad chest and very handsome shoulders. And, and decent appealing, uh, human-y features. He is specifically designed to show, to tell little kids, this guy can seduce the ponies, cause he's human looking. <laughs> this guy can get it. This guy can get it, and by it, I mean these children ponies. That's the image that you get from him. He's a seductive character voiced by a seductive figure who seduces the main characters. It is so weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I mean, and like they show rarity shows interest in him, which, yep. What is that? What, what, is, what is that? He is a bipedal cat man. I assume that if Celestia ever caught word of that, she'd just eva- evaporate uh, that dude immediately, and probably Rarity as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is against my law. <laughs> He's the bipedal part was what. what anyway, what they escape? They escape. They escape. Okay. The other thing I want to mention here is everyone is on board with Catman except. Twilight Sparkle. Twilight Sparkle is like, I don't trust this cat dude because she's very racist. Now, the... (laughs) It's not wrong. (laughs) I mean, it's true. But he he does try to sell them into slavery. (laughs) But, I mean, ultimately, she is correct. But here's the thing. She is the princess of friendship. And she not one time in this entire movie attempts to solve her problems with friendship. So the weird thing to me about this movie is we don't see the elements of harmony show up at all. I don't even know what that is. That is – so there are powerful artifacts related to friendship called the elements of harmony that are essentially universe uh, reshaping powers. It's, it's like what, the infinity stones for friendship. Yeah. It, it's one of the things that uh, Celestia uses to imprison her enemies. Wow. Um, <laughs> so – it, it, most problems in My Little Pony are solved by them breaking out the elements of harmony and they just blast it with a laser and it's done. Oh, it's, so it's, it's, it's like the, the pony the, Care Bear stare. It's the Care Bear stare. It's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, none of that shows up. Basically, they have to be... It. This is like Flash fighting the top or like the trickster in that they have to really depower him in order to make that a threat. Yeah. And that's essentially what happened here is the threat was one pony trying to capture them. And so a group of like five or six super powered people is not a threat. So they had to be like, look, none of you remember you can fly. None of you remember you have magic. None of you remember you can do things. It's it's so bizarre. Like Twilight Sparkle constantly gets clowned on by her enemies and <laughs> her cutie mark is magic. She should be the best at magic. And and yeah, like this person with a broken horn came in and is just like, done. Kicks down the door, defeats everyone. Yeah, I like that she immediately picked apart the society though. When she popped in and she was like, "Oh, are you guys in the middle of a great big party? Is it between your great big party and your other great big party?" Yeah, it was it was pretty pretty good. You are wasting your god talents. Yeah, you are useless, sybaritic nothing, and we will rise up against you. You are the power. You are all the. (laughs) She even says that. She actually Mm -hmm. has that line when she walks in. She goes. All this power wasted on parties. It's like, yeah. After you see the rest of this, where they go to some squalor-ridden dystopia city. That's- what worlds does Celestia have left to conquer? Yeah. And she wept. <laughs> there were no she, worlds left to conquer. She just decided that all the kingdom, the, the kingdom is only what I can see to the, to my immediate horizon. 
Clearly, she should be in charge of controlling the weather for those poor desert lizard people, and she's just not. Nope. Just doesn't care. Yeah. Because so they're not ponies. They're not ponies. They escape. Yeah. They, they, they find themselves on a airship. They stow away on an airship that takes off. And it's a, it's a, it's a traumatic, crazy chase sequence where a giant windmill chases them and, and, uh, they have to jump on a rope and Pinkie Pie almost dies by falling to her death. Almost kills everyone. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. not that she almost dies. It's that she almost kills everyone because that's what Pinkie Pie does. Oh, that's right. Oh. When they're all running on the rope, she decides to bounce on it. Yes. So, but, but, uh, thankfully Twilight Sparkle briefly remembers that she can both fly and support the weight of another pony while doing so. God. Th- this will not come up again. <laughs> they, they get themselves on an airship. It turns out the airship is crewed by bipedal talking birds. Yeah, like a, a, like a collection pirate, of bird people. They're, they're mostly pirates. pirate parrots. Pirate parrots. But at first, they're not pirates. They're they're all dressed in jumpsuits, and they basically delivery are, man parrots. They're delivery men who work for the Storm King, which means the Storm King's been taking over the world long enough to set up a mail system. Yeah, it did. The, the, the strange thing about this is it does seem like. Celestia and Luna and the rest of the princesses didn't know about the Storm King. No, they couldn't. Po- they they were confused yeah. when they saw an yeah. airship land. The yeah, airship no lands and like the, uh, the little Pena hedgehog comes out and he's got the symbol on him. Tempest has the symbol on her and none of them were like, Oh shit, the Storm King. That's right. I've been meaning to vaporize that guy. Well, yeah, I, I think what it is is Saddle Arabia never had a problem with the Storm King. So they just sort of ah. le- left him to do what he would. <laughs> I know. That means that he basically took over the Crystal Kingdom without Cadence noticing. He took over Zykoria without that yeah. one zebra getting any mail about it. Well, I, I have to imagine he left, up until this point, left all of the pony and horse-related territories alone because he didn't want to get into yeah, a dick-kicking contest with a god. Exactly. I, I feel like he sort of built up his power to do that. Maybe he went after the Griffins. We don't know what's going because on there because they have another like shit kicking dust kingdom. We find out when sh- they get the call from the Storm King that Tempest is like, yo, this staff that I gave you, don't worry, it's going to get power. I don't think he even realized that uh, Tempest went out and attacked the Pony the Kingdom. Pony King- You're right. Because I, yeah, he, no, he had no idea. He didn't even know what ponies were. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm pretty sure this was just a unilateral military action by a general that the ruler had no idea about, but went along with it because it panned out. And and not only that, but that also means that, yes, he definitely, because he doesn't really give a shit about ponies or know what they are, there's no way he didn't already launch into military campaigns against other allied pony factions, which means that these people are so blind to their own civilization and their own partying endless lifestyle that they have failed to notice this guy conquering the world. This is fascinating. Man, I really wonder where he started and yeah. what else was taken. Because yeah. this is, this is out of nowhere. Fucked us up with new species. Yeah. I, this movie <laughs> is seriously like. I'm not just conquering the world, but conquering God. the world long enough to set up a bureaucracy that has already become boring. He's merchandising yeah, at this he, point. He, that is what these parrots are shipping is Storm King merchandise. And he talks about his branding yeah. in this. It's so, like, what? Who buys that? Who's the customer well, base for that? People have to buy it. I assume that you have to spend, you have to tie the certain portion yeah, of your man- income. Mandatory. But isn't he already taxing people? Or is well, he, he not, not taxing people? He he's just. This is his version of taxing people. He thinks it's amusing to, to instead of taxing them, force them to buy 10%, spend 10% of their income on Storm King crap. Or what if this is a Civilization 3 scenario and he's just expanding culturally and then he's oh. taking over territory oh. with his culture? Yeah, that's, but he that's, still uses that's, military action to see, but that's Tempest. 
Tempest is doing a military action mm. that he doesn't know about, whereas normally he's only worried about his brand and merchandise. Why? Oh, well, you know that he's a actually- CEO that his private security force went and did a yeah. military action. I'll tell you what bears out about that is the fact that the ape thing, his ape guards are not hostile in any way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're just there for they're, show. They're labor. The reason they never throw a punch is because they're union. Yeah. Dang. Well, and well, also I mean, and the parrots he, are union. Yeah. He has like some union bylaws that uh-huh. people follow. Man, we just, I think we just cracked this thing open. <laughs> oh, crack so, this movie wide so open. So the parrots have, have become a delivery service, but they weren't always. It turns out after they capture the, uh, the, the group and determine that they have to throw them overboard, it turns out that they actually used to be a rad bi- band of pirate parrots. Yeah. Yeah, they used to be cool, rad pirates, not the type of pirates that are bad, the the cool adventure pirates. What yes. I love about their problem is Rainbow Dash essentially asks them, well, why the fuck aren't you cool pirates? And they go, yeah, why aren't we cool pirates? <laughs> yeah, they're like, wait a minute. Oh, shit, we could be cool, we could pirates. Be cool pirates. I feel like there has to be a reason why they're not. Like, at some point, some person from this kingdom showed up and was like, you guys can't be cool pirates. You have to be delivery men. Literally, I would back you on that but jeff all she did is say you should be cool pirates instead and they were like oh no you're right that's way better than this meager existence i'm I'm just saying that everyone in this universe has the memory of a goldfish well yeah i have to imagine that like a ship came up and not hostile just went hey look yep we uh outlawed piracy what you're doing we realize you're not the bad pirate you're you're the adventure pirate but that's still that's still outlawed, but we do, oh, we do have jobs for you. Oh. And it's, it's got great benefits, okay. uh, good hours. You're going to be union. Uh, I don't even know what that is. I'm a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> says the one who only Here's says Here's this book and here are your uniforms. That and... one was, by the way, that was the raddest pirate. Yeah. The, yeah. the pirate who can the only pi- go the Rah! nonverbal pirate. Not, and also, he had a, a wooden beak. Yeah. Instead, he had a peg beak. And I, I loved these pirates. They were great. Mm hmm. And Zoe Saldana was yeah, like the Zoe pirate Saldana queen. was the pirate queen, yeah. Captain Celiano or something like that. Uh, Celadano. And so because Rainbow Dash convinces them to take on a life of piracy again and, and fight the order, they're like, we're cool with you now. What's amazing is that they, they decide to take on a, 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 this is one of my favorite sequences in the film for how stupid it is. Rainbow Dash basically says, you guys used to be awesome. Don't you like being awesome? And they're like, yeah, we're going to be rad pirates again. Anyway, uh, and then well, they, they all go outside to celebrate that they're going to be pirates again. Rainbow Dash decides to do her sonic rain boom. Sonic rain boom. Um, which d- immediately attracts the attention of the Tempest Army, who starts flying straight at the pirate ship. The pirate part, the fact that they convert them to pirates, never comes into play. Because immediately, they're boarded by the Tempest ship. And immediately after that, the ponies all escape out the bottom of the ship. And they blow up that ship. And they yeah. blow up the, the ship. F- the fact that they were like, let's be pirates... Mostly just screwed them. Yeah. This is a theme that runs throughout this is the ponies make friends with someone. Something <laughs> bad happens. The ponies run away and abandon their new friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This happens with the cat man. Well, not now granted really. the cat man was their friend, but then turned out he was a jerk, but he later, uh, like tried to get Tempest to go the wrong way. Yeah. So he was essentially their friend and they didn't know it, but abandoned them. That's fine. Abandon the pirates just Mm -hmm. didn't even give the pirates a chance to maybe say, no, we don't have them or we're going to fight you off of the boat. They drop out before anything has even happened. They just leave the boat and drop out the bottom. Not so much so that that their plan when they escape is to take all the parts they need to build a hot, hot air balloon during their fall instead of building the balloon and then jumping out. 
it was it I mean, like it must have been to sell a toy. It, like uh, yeah. hasty hot air balloon is probably on the shelves right now at Target. And uh, again, this is one of those scenes where everyone is falling to certain doom except, you know, out of the six or so people, four of them can fly and one of them is magic and only one of them is probably going to die, Aren't but two of them magic. I'm pretty sure Rarity there's, is there's, Rarity is also Rarity's magic. magic. Yeah. Uh, Twilight then you have magic. Twilight Sparkle, who is magic and flies. You have Rainbow Dash, who flies. Fluttershy, who flies. So the only two that don't have a thing to do here are Pinkie Pie and Applejack. And Spike. Who, and Spike. But you have three people, then, who could then be carried by the three people yeah. who fly. Or yeah. Rainbow Dash has cartoon super speed and could just zip down to the ground, drop them off, zip back up, get another one. In the time it takes for them to instead construct a hot air balloon using the same telekinesis they could just use to land, they use the telekinesis instead to construct a fun hot air balloon and go on a little ride. Yeah. That's going to take them to Mount Airy, I believe. Air, uh, yeah. Eris. 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 Yeah. Which is where the hippogriffs are. That's it's not what they hippos. Meant. It's hippogriffs. And I was sad because I had guessed in the theater. We were alone in the theater, so we could use our normal speaking Oh, voices. yeah. We were just talking to each other because yeah. it was just us. I was guessing it was going to be hippocampi. Which is probably a little too deep of a pole. Yeah. I, but I was really hoping for fish horses, because I figured, why would it be hippogriffs when you've got so many pegasuses around? Who gives a shit about a hippogriff? Well, you already Pegasies, have... Pegasi. Please. You already have griffins as well that exist. So having someone that's like part griffin, part pony it's is... kind of redundant. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like, why wouldn't you say, hey, go get the queen of the griffins, which would probably be way better, because griffins... Seem way more aggressive. Uh, well, they're no, aggr- more aggressive. They're tougher. It's also there's no way they haven't been subjugated by the Storm King already. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just happy they didn't show up in his army. The uh, so they head out that way, and turns out there's no one there. There's a broken kingdom, just ruins as far as the yeah. eye can see. But oh my goodness, they find one person when they fall into water, and they all get magic bubbles. And I this is wanna, one of I, my favorite scenes in here. They fall into bubbles, or they fall into the water. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of get washed into this cave full of water. And Twilight Sparkle, we get a close-up of Twilight Sparkle. Jesus. As she, like, looks around, kind of panicked, and then just closes her eyes. And accepts feet. death. <laughs> like, doesn't try to use magic, doesn't try to even swim to the surface, just goes... You know what? I've had a good run it's, and straight goes to die. It's better this way. <laughs> you know what? I always thought this is how I would go out. Yeah. It it is very strange to see a children's cartoon hero give up and embrace death. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get we fade to black for a good 10 yeah. seconds. <laughs> that could have been it. They yeah, I was like the lights up in the theater. <laughs> I mean, you know that so that they can add commercials to this thing when it's running on Disney XD oh, yeah. next year. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, in, in the meantime, what happens instead is the lights come back on and they have been rescued because bubbles have been placed around their head, which Twilight Sparkle actually has to say, I didn't do this because I was trying to die. I- <laughs> Everyone, everyone's asking her if she did this because she can and she didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And she's like, no, I failed us all. We'd all be dead if I had my way. If it was my druthers, we'd be. <laughs> Choking on water. And it turns out they were rescued by a glowing ball of light that asked them, why would I be able to trust you? And their response is, because the Storm King is attacking. And she goes, good enough for me. And pops into frame and it turns out she is indeed a hippocampus. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was so happy for a minute. It turns out that they turned themselves into fish horse to escape having to be a uh, wing horse. 
Um, essentially the Futurama yeah, the, plot the, of Atlanta. <laughs> the, the Storm King attacked the uh, yes, kingdom yes. of the hippogriffs. And instead of fighting back, they just turned themselves into seahorses mm-hmm. and went underwater into the the giant the, bubble of salt water that makes up the core of this mountain. Yeah, the yep. mountain, the inside of this mountain is water. That's that's all that's in there. It's a hollow mountain that is an ocean itself. So that's them. They then go ahead and there's of course another singing montage of them making friends. Yep, which. Twilight Sparkle tells you to go do. She used the montage. She's like, I need you to go use a montage right now. Go use the power of friendship so that I can get what I want. I'm going to perform some light treason. Yeah. Me. Twilight Sparkle is on some CIA shit right here. Yeah. <laughs> she, and, and she knows she can't pull that shit on Queen Nova or whatever her name is. Yeah. That's Uzo Aduba. And there is no way that is going to fly. Mm-mm. Yeah. So they have a jelly. The, these hippogriff things have a jellyfish that holds a pearl that they can, that can turn hippogriffs in or or ponies into has, sea ponies. It has the power of body horror. Yeah, yeah. It, it is straight up a weird monster maker and uh they need it. Yeah, this this is a part where you can tell that this is a children's show for children entirely. If I got turned into a mermaid and I was with my friends and we were all turned into mermaids, we'd all be running around screaming about where our dicks went for a good <laughs> 10 <laughs> to 15 minutes. Before uh, I got that, but they're all just like, oh, "This is perfect, no problem." I like, I this. love it. Yeah. I love everything about this. So they have a, f- a fun song and dance. Twilight Sparkle gets caught trying to steal the stupid gem. Uzo Aduba kicks her out of her kingdom. Yep. Twilight Sparkle again is like has the idea of making friendship, but doesn't want to use it. Mm-hmm. She is the princess of friendship and she, never wants to make friends. She's real bad at it. Well, she's, she's already got seven it. friends, John. It's true. And, like, canonically, they are cosmically the only important friends that she has. <laughs> they control the infinity gems of friendship. Yeah. Who needs other friends? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with her on that. <laughs> I, personally, my big question is, why don't they send for the dragons? I mean, there's a dragon in this. and There is a dragon. They're not exactly allies. Oh, okay. They're, well, they're, yeah, there's not exactly a dragon kingdom you can go to and be like, yo, yeah. the dragons. Okay, fine. Well, Spike's just a weird anomaly, and I'm all right with that. Yeah. Yeah, Spike's yeah. just a weird dragon that has a boner for a pony. Yeah, is, a he's, got a, he's got a he's got a crush on Rarity, right? Yes. yes. Okay, that that showed up for like one line in this thing, and, and one <laughs> line and boner sound effect. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah right, right. there was a boy oing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hi, Rarity. Your work's looking real nice. Boy boy oing. Oing. <laughs> that was so off-putting and strange. Oh man! What, what, what was? I assume that was his tail. I have to hope and assume that was his tail. We yeah, do, we didn't see any bit of the lower half of him, so we yeah. do not know. A- anyway, they, they get, get they, they get, get kicked, kicked out. out. Yeah. Uh, so they get to the beach, and understandably so, the rest of the friends are like Twilight Sparkle. Hey, what you the committed fuck? treason back there. <laughs> that was some light treason you just did. That was, that was high treason. <laughs> that was. Not only did you commit treason, but you used us to do it. Yeah. You literally forced us into being your accomplices. And her excuse is, well, I'm on some CIA shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that, I, I, I love that, uh, what, what would have happened in this scene if she hadn't tried to steal the pearl is she sends Pinkie Pie off to make friends. Pinkie Pie makes this girl God. a shell necklace. They, uh, girl is, uh, Princess Sky Star or something like that. She's, yeah. the, she's the hippogriff has been turned into a fish. Um, they dance for a couple of minutes, and then Uzo Aduba sees them dancing. I was Queen Novo yeah. sees them dancing and goes, "Huh? You know, maybe that shell necklace is nice. We'll go to war. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you know what? You dance with my daughter. 
It's time to go to war. We'll go. We'll go to war. That's what would have happened. Just so you, I just wanted to put that out there. That's what could have happened. There's in this. one thing we could do, and it's kill our enemies. <laughs> so they get in a big fight. Uh, Pinkie Pie is all like, "I can't even talk to you right now." And uh, and Twilight, Twilight Sparkle like, straight blows up and is like, "I don't even need friends, man." And then she gets kidnapped immediately. She goes to go yep. cry on a rock and is immediately kidnapped in a prison cell that is. Where the bars are like twice as far apart as she is wide. Yeah, and and like she can teleport. But yeah, like, these bars are anti magic. She shoots it in the first time when she's like, "Yo, I'm gonna shoot something with a laser beam." I just remembered I can do that. Yeah. Oh wait, these bars are anti magic. I, I don't know if they're anti just walking right through though. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's she gets kidnapped and pulled up into the giant metal underbelly of Tempest's airship. And get, there's a pretty rad villain song. There's a I rad villain song. Really, I was a little it. mixed on it when it started. It finishes strong. It starts with. Kind of this trouble where you could tell that they didn't want to have a traditional villain bombast song on the soundtrack, yeah. so it had to be another friendly pop song. But it finishes pretty strong. Yeah. And it, it is her background where she was a young unicorn in a field of unicorns and gets her horn cut off, and all the kids in her village, or at least the two she hung out with, stopped hanging out with her. Was like, oh, you don't, you can't float a ball anymore. We aren't friends. And so she runs away from home as a child. To become a warlord later in life. Obviously. I mean, it's got to be really hard for someone like Applejack to be sympathetic to her because her whole story is, oh, I used to be a rad unicorn and now I'm only half a rad unicorn. I'm still way better than a shitty nothing pony like you. Now I'm dirt like you, Earth Pony. Yeah, I'm dirt like (laughs) you. Literally named after dirt. (laughs) But I can still shoot lasers out of my head and I am still a quarter the respect that a unicorn is due. No, it's balanced, Jeff, because Earth Ponies can farm. (laughs) Oh, right, I forgot. I forgot. She's been cruelly denied farming. Yeah. Look, I I am I feel so bad for her. She is not able to do manual labor and dig of the earth. So yeah. <laughs> it's a real shame about that. Well, she sings a rad villain song, which basically is just like, hey, friendship sucks. Yeah, which That's- is it's great. It's great that the villain sang a friendship sucks song. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, basically the villain Tempest more or less wins at this point. She drags uh, Twilight Sparkle back to a big old kingdom. Uh, she locks her in a cage next to the three ponies that were tuned to stone, mm-hmm. and then she activates like some sort of super magic staff for the Storm King. Yeah, One of my this, favorite this is things when the Storm King first actually shows up, like physically, we've only seen him once before. And one of my favorite things about this scene is the Storm King asks, like, "Hey, why isn't this pony turned to stone?" And literally, uh, she's just Tempest is like, "Oh, don't worry about it." Yeah, yeah she's like, <laughs> and that's oh. it. Oh, uh, we didn't have time. Yeah. It's, we can't figure out how to finish the movie He's if we like, do that. I got a bunch of those ball things right here. Let's get this done. I mean, Let's, we have more. We know we have more because one will be used later. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Okay. <clears throat> the, he gets the power to control the night and the day, and we actually get a really fun sequence of him switching it rapidly from night to day. Yeah. And then, pretty great. then the heroes assemble to rescue Twilight Sparkle, and it's everyone we've met all the way through the movie shows up to help. Although, the funny thing is that only one of the hippogriffs shows up. Yeah, it's just the princess was like, yo, I transformed myself into a hippogriff, and I'm coming to help you. <laughs> I decided you. that treason that you committed wasn't a big deal. I don't care about treason. You danced with me for I really five minutes. I really like the shell necklace. I don't think you understand <laughs> how much I like good. this. Here's the thing that drove me nuts about that. Once they get her on, and yeah, they get Catter or, or whatever, isn't it? Capper and uh, the, the bird pirates on their team as well. Which, the bird pirates, they've only brought those people misery. Yes. Those people lost their ship. Oh, yeah. And they the lost livelihood. their livelihood. <laughs> but shoot, they decided to be pirates again. They feel awesome. Yeah. So they get they get the chance. They're all coming along. Here's the problem with this. I don't think Princess Sky Star, or whatever her name is, the hippogriff, is really all that impressive of a git. Mm. 
No, not really. What's her power? She's a pony that can fly? A col- color me unimpressed. Hey, she's got like a beak and some front claws yeah, going her, on. But the only her, thing she does in her one combat scene is throw shells at the enemy. Her front legs are animated super weird. <laughs> they are. They look crazy. She looks ridiculous, but she doesn't do anything. I just don't think she's all that impressive of a get. That's we, fair. We get our, our final big fight where they bring in a cake and the cake has all of the pirates and whatnot inside of it. And... Capper uses his magic power of lying to yeah. get them in the gate. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, he's, he uses <laughs> his swindle ability to get Trojan in. Trojan horse their enemies. And they are immediately found out, jump out, and clown <laughs> on these forces. Just, like, there's four birds, a group of, like, five ponies, and a hippogriff. And they just wreck and this entire occupying force it's not like they could have done it without or they could have done it they could have easily done it without those bird pirates yeah. is where i'm trying to get here i don't know the bird pirates were the i felt like a get that like okay it's four of them and they've they're got all weapons. combat trained yeah. like they're neat they're certainly the coolest looking characters that were added in this film oh yeah like um, at least they have swords and stuff yeah, yeah. but still these ponies are just, like there's a scene where where uh, Fluttershy basically gets one of the ape dudes to cry by being nice to him for a couple of minutes. That is also one of my favorite. Uh, yeah, things. that was that was great. It was just like, hey, do you need to talk? And then cuts back later after a fight, and he's, he's just, just sobbing. <laughs> also, Pinkie Pie apparently has infinite cupcakes because her contribution to the fight is to throw cupcakes at one. Well, ape she's dude. a cartoon character. She has hammer space. Yeah, she like, has hammer space. She's the only one. She has yeah. hammer space, but only for baked goods. Yeah, like a pizza. That's fine. That's a that's a perfectly reasonable car- cartoon trait. Uh, there's a big old combat that happens where they all tr- they basically use Pinkie Pie's idea to fire themselves out of a cannon. Yeah, because the Storm King creates basically a tornado around the castle. Yeah, he creates a tornado around the castle that not even the fastest Pegasus could get through. And I thought, this is what I thought was going to happen at that point, that was why Princess Skystar was there at all. Well, they're gonna be like, that's what I thought that, I thought that was gonna be the arc. Oh, they're, well, I'm oh, we no need Pegasus. A, yeah. yeah. Well, I am no Pegasus, she says, and pulls off her helmet. No, she's just pointless. Yeah. That's <laughs> what she is. Yeah. But no, because if she were faster than, than Rainbow Dash, yeah. that would be challenging the very might of the god. She'd get turned into a spider or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Rainbow Dash is, like, has the typical, like, speedster flash problem of, like, They've given her too much power. Yes. Yeah. They've established that the sonic rain boom is capable of some very, very overpowered <laughs> things. I wasn't even worried about the fact that the, the, if the hippogriff was faster than her, I wasn't worried that it would just, that it would make, uh, Rainbow Dash look bad, but literally that it would be challenging the gods of the universe. It'd be like, oh, we can't have hippogriffs existing. They're faster than us. Yeah. They're faster than our fast things. Yeah. Celestia would take flight from them. <laughs> <laughs> You, you shall now live among the worms. We have turned you into fish ponies. Please do not challenge our authority again. Not even respectfully. We will be taking your pearl. <laughs> so we, we get our final battle and, uh, Tempest sacrifices herself when the Storm King throws one of them stupid soccer balls at our main heroes and gets in the way and the mist I guess blows back onto him too. Well, she touches him as she's being overtaken yeah. by the stone thing. I thought that was actually kind of a neat motion. It was, that, it was that, a that's really rad a stunt. Yeah. Like and, in RPG terms, that's a stunt. Mm-hmm. So he also gets turned to stone. Now they're falling over the edge of this, uh, castle and Twilight Sparkle or Rarity or whoever manages to telekinesis Tempest so that she doesn't die because she has her Face turn when she finds out that the Storm King won't heal her horn. Like yeah. she was promised. Yeah. The Storm King, however, 
falls to his death. Yeah, he and cracks. not in the, he not dies in the standard <laughs> cartoon way of falling to your death where you fall into mist down a cliff and we don't see what happens. He shatters. Yeah, they show pieces. They show his eye. They show his terrified eye after death. He is just in literal pieces. And I guarantee you Celestia turned him back from stone so that he could feel his death afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> she probably justified it. She was like, oh, he'll be easier to clean up if he's made of meat and not heavy stones. Why is he still screaming? Oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fine. He'll scre- he'll do that for a while. Did you just question me? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Tempest, because she does the one little good guy turn at the very end, gets to join the good guys. And we get to have our great big party we were supposed to have at the very beginning with Sia singing her Sia song. Which is hilarious. There's a point where Rainbow Dad, or, or uh, one of the ponies, is just straight up goggle-eyed staring at Sia, who's, by the way, is named, like, Cass- Songbird Serenade. Something. Serenade. Songbird Serenade. Yeah. Uh, because she's singing a fully re- or fully mastered and studio-mixed Sia track with a mm-hmm. lot of auto-tuning and stuff in it. And it's just coming out of this pony. And it, it, even for a cartoon, it looks weird. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, we find out the Tempest has a real name, uh, Fizzle Pop. Berry Blast or something like that. Uh, and, and they're all friends, and then we cut to the credits. Yeah. Yep. And there you go. we got to get to the end of this thing at some point. All right. My so, understanding is that they're about to record some Dungeon Dome up, dome up in here. Ooh. So yeah. uh, there we go. Let's go ahead and do our best and worst. Let's start out James' best thing. Uh, best thing about this movie. I'm going to say character designs for, for new characters. I really did like Tempest design overall. I thought yeah. she looked like a cool pony in cool they, battle they armor. They really managed to get haughty into her design. Oh, and I saw the first interesting looking airship that I've oh, seen. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah. Ever. The, the, pi- the bird pirate airship was beautiful. It was an airship that had sails. Like <laughs> it. And it they were, did something different with were, airships. They were exotic bird plumage sails. Yeah. It, was, it was legitimately very cool. Yeah, if you're is please search for stills of this movie later cuz that is neat. Uh if you are one of those steampunk people, adapt that to your setting, please. Absolutely, yeah. All right, Jeff. Oh, Best thing. Uh, okay, I'm going to say my favorite thing about this movie is I was going to also say the bird pirates. Yeah, I mean so, go for it. So I'm going to I'm going to stick although I did really like Uzu Aduba's voice performance for uh, Queen Novo, but no, it was definitely the Bird Pirates. I loved the Bird Pirates. I like their I like their design. Uh, I, I, I mean, their story's dumb. <laughs> it, it's like it, it's like someone just they forgot that they were pirates for a couple of minutes, yep. and then someone reminded them. But they are very cool looking, and and they're very dynamic in the one combat sequence in the film. It's it's actually kind of fun to watch them. Watching the ponies fight is straight up boring. Yeah. So that was that was nice. So I'm gonna say Bird Pirates. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say probably my favorite thing in this is the, the Storm King himself is a very interesting villain in that he really is more of a CEO than he is a warlord. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems more like he's just interested in having all of this power mostly for the image rather than the power. Yeah. Also, he's also, like, I'm named the Storm King. I should, I should be able to make storms. Also, he's Liv Schreiber, which yeah. was what rad to see. Yeah. So Liv Schreiber's in this movie doing that. He was doing kind of a J.K. Simmons performance. He though. was. Yeah. And I I appreciated it. I liked it. He uh he did a really good job being a an interesting villain. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that. Yeah. In his three minutes of screen time, he yeah. was great. I liked the idea of him. Okay. 
All right, worst thing in the movie, James, go! Uh, God Queen Celestia is not given her due. Why the hell does she need other people to solve her problems? I need a full arc of My Little Pony where <laughs> Celestia smites and punishes the enemies of Equestria. You just want to see like that high, that five dot, uh, dots of essence exalted fight, so it's just Celestia dealing with Celestia problems? There is an episode of, uh, like in season two, where Twilight has ruined the world. Like, <laughs> has just caused so many terrible things to happen and celestia shows up and in like a second fixes everything and it sort of sort of gives you the impression that like all of the threats that face equestria like in the next few seasons you're like oh celestia could have dealt with these anytime she's training uh twilight into being a god which is why she's allowing herself to be in danger but this movie does not have that excuse celestia is just useless mm. yeah that is very true uh, Jeff, worst thing. Uh, I, I said, I, I had this idea while I was watching the movie and I've kind of been formulating it in my head for a while. I feel like My Little Pony wastes space it could be using to make a lot of interesting messages and interesting stories for kids on what I generally consider to be the, the generic weakest milkshake, milk toast thing you can do in, in entertainment for kids. And, and that's just harp on friends is nice. As hey your man, message. Friendship is magic. I will say, uh, friendship is magic. Like what you normally see because of the elements of harmony is that it's broken down into different core themes that mm -hmm. they investigate through the different characters. So friendship is composed of like six, uh, frankly, bullshit. Some of them are complete. <laughs> Pinkie Pie is bullshit because her, her, her theme is, uh, like, laughter i think but like okay there are other but it's things it, that they talk about all i'm saying is these days when i turn on a kids tv show i'm gonna get stories about like like for example take uh the steven universe episode arc about uh pearl uh, you know that her song her uh, it's over isn't it song yeah that is a challenging concept for for a kid to understand this concept of of uh I, I resent this child because this child is the killed the person I fell in love with, but is also the child of the person I fell in love with. It's so complex. Yeah. And meanwhile, this is recycling stories that you would have gotten from 80s Noozles episodes. So just <laughs> make friends. Friends Comparing are great. Comparing any television program to Steven Universe, I feel like, is a losing battle. But <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, and this movie was very weak. Uh, yeah, I don't have to do – I can go lower. I don't have to punch like Mike Tyson in this. I could bring up Gravity Falls. I could bring up – uh Adventure Time, they all t deal with more challenging messages and in interesting ways that this movie, I feel, squanders on just, Friends is great. I mean, that's the sort of shit I expect from Bratz with yeah. a Z. So there you go. That's that's my least favorite thing. And unfortunately, I think it probably applies to the series as a whole, but who knows? Yeah, I, It certainly was the problem with the film. Mm -hmm. I Along that line, I'm going to say, I harped on this a lot, it's supposed to be how Friends are so amazing and the movie... <laughs> does not deliver no. like they they never stick around for their friends it's basically just we made friends and use them i mean the princess of friendship never gives a fuck about friends until it becomes important for her it is telling that it's just called my little pony the movie the friendship is magic tag is not it's on gone. there ah, it's interesting I mean, like, literally, this movie is so short-shrifting, most of these ponies, that you can tell Applejack's about to talk because the song that's being sung adds steel guitar for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... I mean, and honestly, a lot of the characters don't get anything in this. Like, Applejack and Fluttershy may as well not be in this movie 
they have like two lines and it doesn't matter. I'm surprised they didn't cut them for the film. I mean, I understand that these movies need to have all of them for merchandising purposes, but when you do this, like when you do this with Transformers movies and stuff, you kind of go, all right, so we have 50,000 Transformers. Unfortunately, this story is about these four who yeah. go on an adventure together. Yeah, except this one when is, you make a Transformers movie, six. it's always we have a thousand characters. Unfortunately, you're about to see this movie know, instead. Grant, yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't point out Transformers as an example of how to do things correctly, should I? No, that's fair enough. So yeah, my my disdain for friendship that this movie has is weird. I can uh, see that. That's I, that's yeah. my least favorite thing is. As much as they want it to be about friendship, they just don't really give you a good image of it very much. Well, we're gonna... uh, so let's let's give our ratings from zero to fifteen, Z- zero to five for me and Jeff, and we'll just let you do your your yeah, my own zero one to, to 10. ten. So Jeff, why don't you give me a rating for this movie, My Little Pony? Uh, I'm gonna give it a two and a half. Uh, it's not great. There were a lot of things that I, even for a My Little Pony genre film, I feel like they could have made a lot of decisions that would have made it better. Uh, it could have had a more challenging story. I feel like when you move to movies, it's a chance to tell a new story. And I feel like this was telling a more basic story than I would even expect from the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it a two and a half. Uh, it was the, most of that, that point value is coming from interesting new characters and some of the pop songs actually were kind of fun. Yeah. But the visuals were boring. The the challenging visual shots were all done in cheap CGI, like cheaper than I would have expected. Like there's there's a scene where a windmill is chasing them, and it might as well be a windmill from reboot is chasing them. <laughs> yeah. So two and uh, a half. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna follow you on that. I'm gonna give it a two and a half as well. Uh, it, basically the exact same reasons. I think it was a well produced movie. Uh, it. Definitely had a couple things that made me laugh out loud. Uh, it held my attention, though it wasn't particularly amazing. Uh, it was, it was not what I would definitely be like. Yeah, I would want to go see this with, you know, some, uh, relative that's younger that wants to go see it. I wouldn't be like, oh, sweet. I'll enjoy this as well, but I wouldn't hate it. So, you know. Between the two of us, five out of ten, just very middle of the road. I'm right there with you. It's five out of ten. I would wait for Netflix if you were a big My Little Pony fan. Though literally all this does is uh, reveal things about the universe that like you would probably prefer were not there. <laughs> it, it, it gives you some disturbing things to think about. Again, well, it fucked you up with new races <laughs> for this world. I mean, look if you if you just go back to 1982, Transformers the motion picture kills Starscream turns Megatron into Galvatron, and then goes back to the animated series, like the original cartoon, and says, yeah, that's fucking canon now. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had to for another five or six seasons of the show. This changes nothing. The next episode of My Little Pony will not reference this movie. Yeah. No. No. So there and you should go. Should not. <laughs> should not. Yeah. Five out of ten from everyone. Just middle of the road. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank James very much hey, for showing up. Thank you guys for letting yeah, me shout you, at you. Do you want to plug some things? Uh, yeah. Uh, check out the One Shot Podcast Network. Uh, these boys are on it. Um, these these special boys right here. These special sweet boys. <laughs> these sweet, sweet smile boys. Um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> also joining the McElroys Network, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you can check out my show, One Shot. We uh, run different role-playing games uh, in different systems with different people. It's great. 
Yep, super fun. We've been on it. You can check that out. We are on it. We're part of that network. But there, oh, sorry, no, the one actual one shot show. show. Check out the one shot episode they did. They did an episode with the man who <laughs> penned the Transformers movie, the bad one, the the, the Bay one, Transformers one. Uh, yeah, we we were we got to sit down and play a game with John Rogers, and I'm sure someday he'll forgive us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much for listening. And of course, you can go to systemmasterypodcast.com, find all of our stuff there. And uh, you can also get all of our podcasts on one convenient RSS feed if you go to Patreon. If you support us at any level, not only do you get bonus content for the System Mastery Podcast, you get everything we put out on one feed. You're going to get that super convenient. And you go to patreon.com slash systemmastery. And you can help support us there. So if you like what you hear, do that. Let's us do awesome things, have cool guests, see movies in theaters, stuff like that. And uh, if you want to, we appreciate ratings, reviews, things like that. Cakes. We, we love cakes. Yeah. If you want to send us your cakes, your sweet, sweet cakes, <laughs> please send that to us. Uh, and, you know, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, all that. We are System Mastery everywhere. We have our own Discord now. Uh, yeah, you can find it on the, uh, the, it's, it's the only tweet we've ever stickied. Yep. So, so you can go, find it there. Go check that out and join the conversation. We're in there sometimes. Uh, we've got an entire thread for memes that I want. Hell, so, I'm in you there. Know. I'm in there right now ignoring everybody. Yeah. So check that out, and until we are back in a couple of weeks with more Movie Mastery, you have a good one.